surgical treatments for uncommon pancreatic cancers. We're going to talk about that next on Scope Radio. Access to our experts with in-depth information about the biggest health issues facing you today. The Specialists with Dr. Tom Miller is on The Scope. I'm here with Dr. Thomas Challey. He's a pancreatic transplant surgeon, and we're going to talk about other kinds of pancreatic cancers. I think most people, Thomas, are used to knowing about the standard pancreatic cancer, but what we treat here at the University of Utah are more rare types of cancer called neuroendocrine tumors of the pancreas. Can you talk about that a little bit? Pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors are a rare tumor, like like you stated, representing approximately 5% of all tumors of the pancreas. Not common. Not very common at all. They can be described as in two ways, uh, non-functional versus functional. Functional being quite com- quite more common than the other. The spectrum of these tumors uh, range from insulinomas, glucagonomas, VIPomas. These may just sound like large terms, but basically my point to get across is these are hormone-producing tumors. So tell me what an insulinoma does. So an insulinoma is a tumor that's secreting insulin from the pancreas. And that's in- where insulin's made anyway, right? I mean, Correct. So, okay, so if you have diabetes... Your insulin-producing cells of the pancreas aren't producing enough, but in this case, too much. Right, and they're overproduced, and they're uh, secreted based on the tumor, so it's uncontrolled. So it's an uncontrolled tumor secreting insulin in extreme amounts. And then there are other types of neuroendocrine tumors. Correct, like glucogonomas, which are increasing the amount of glucose you have in your body in extreme amounts. Almost the opposite of what the insulinoma does. Exactly. Um, In addition to that, there's also something that's more common on the spectrum, which would be a gastronoma. Would you think that these neuroendocrine tumors are as dangerous as pancreatic cancer as we commonly know it? I would say they're dangerous in the fact that they are they act like ninja tumors, as I like to call them. That's interesting. What is a ninja tumor? Well, tumors of the pancreas, I would say, are relatively can go relatively unnoticed for a longer period of time, kind of like a ninja. Um, now, maybe that's just kind of a, a term that's a, a little too broad. But I would say that these tumors are dangerous in that aspect, that they go unnoticed for long periods of time. So they're small. They may not produce much in the way of hormones. People don't notice them. And then later on, as they get bigger and produce more hormones, all of a sudden they develop symptoms. Right. And that, at that point, you know, that's when uh, the diagnosis may, in some, t- in some cases, be too late. But in other instances, this is just get the tip of the iceberg of all their symptoms. One question I have is, are neuroendocrine tumors generally malignant in the sense that they can metastasize or not? So that's an excellent question. Um, and the answer is 50-50. You know, most are benign, but some are malignant. And in some cases, they can metastasize to the liver, which can be very scary to the patient themselves. So to point out <clears throat> to the audience, I mean, even though they're benign, they still produce hormones like insulin or glucagon, and that causes, you know, abnormal symptoms in the patient and then has to be treated. So generally, even though they're benign, if they're functional, they're taken out or treated. Right. So there are multiple treatment options. Um, obviously, resection, surgical resection being one of the uh, first and foremost. But in addition, there are other palliative measures as well that can temporize the hormone production of uh, all of these tumors. Now, Dr. Charlie, when do you get involved? Are you getting involved when these are, are malignant and they're metastatic? Well, at this point, uh, we get the, our division gets involved when these uh, lesions are metast- metastatic to the liver. And this indicates a what we would call uh, an expanded disease at this point, where they've gone beyond the lymph nodes and beyond the primary tumor sites and have gone to areas in the liver where maybe not all practitioners are familiar with. Now, that's concerning because when, our, when we think about metastatic disease, we think about terminal disease. But you're also saying maybe not. Maybe we have treatment for that. Right. There's excellent results here at the U in regards to neuroendocrine tumor resection 
in regards to debulking of these tumors. And it has been well described that these tumors, if debulked and surgically managed, can be beneficial to the patient long term. Debulking, could you describe that term for them? It's basically an 80% reduction in the amount of tumor that's in the liver. If you are able to attain an 80% reduction in um, metastatic volume of the liver, essentially a metastasectomy of the liver, then you're doing a quite a, a significant benefit to the patient's long-term survival. Now, if you leave some of that um, tissue in, the cancerous tissue, do you have to go back in later and do another resection? That's a possibility as well if it continues to grow. Another <clears throat> modality that can be used is interventional radiology and radiofrequency ablation, essentially just burning the areas of the liver that would have remnant tumor in certain areas. Now, how do patients with these neuroendocrine tumors, especially ones that are metastatic to liver, find their way to your door? Well, it, it's usually a, a situation where a patient had a primary tumor of the pancreas and uh, was found to be a neuroendocrine tumor, and then they were uh, later diagnosed, maybe a year or two later, or sometimes less, where they had tumors now in the liver. And the original physician maybe thought that a, a more experienced liver surgeon may may have some other modalities that weren't available to him at his initial encounter. Now, I'm curious as to how many of these patients you see a year. You know, we see a, quite a number of patients a year. I would say we see in, uh, close to 100 patients uh, who need liver resections in some capacity. Uh, as Maybe approximately 20% of those are pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors or, or neuroendocrine tumors that have metastasized to the liver. Now, I'm thinking that since these are pretty rare can uh, pancreatic tumors, um, patients are coming to see you from all over the place, probably from outside the state, elsewhere. Is that Correct. true? Correct. We're getting patients from all over um, the surrounding states, and they, they, they come concerned because of these liver metastases and what we're able to offer them. I would tell them that it's not a death sentence by any means. Uh, neuroendocrine tumors um, that have metastasized to the liver can be treated in a variety of ways. In addition to those that I've mentioned, surgical resection and, and burning them, uh, liver transplantation is also an option in selective cases. TheScopeRadio.com is University of Utah Health Sciences Radio. If you like what you heard, be sure to get our latest content by following us on Facebook. Just click on the Facebook icon at TheScopeRadio.com.